0: The Rambam discusses the mitzvah to build a base on Mikdash in two places the obvious Hilchis Beis HaBechira, but also in Hilchis Milochim. And what's strange is that when he talks about Hilchis Beis HaBechira, it seems like he's actually referring to the Pasuk about the Mishkan, which is very unusual when you consider that the Rambam considers the mitzvah to build the Beis HaMikdash, a mitzvah that applies at all times. We'll also see that it's very interesting how the Rambam immediately associates in Hilchis Milochim, the mitzvah to build the Beis HaMikdash, with two other mitzvahs, which is really what we're going to extract out of this analysis. The fact that there are three intertwined mitzvahs that all somehow bring each other to complete fulfillment. So you look at the pasuk in our parasha, where Hashem says, build for me a sanctuary and I will dwell within you. From that the Rambam learns in the following. Mitzvah says, From here we learn that there's a positive commandment to make a home where it is appropriate to bring korbanos to Hashem. Shanemar, how does he know it? Because the Pasik says, Vasinu Mikdash. Pasak says build for me a mikdash. And then the Rambam says something which also does not seem to be relevant the Torah already explains to us the mishkan that Moshe Rabbeinu made which was only temporary as the passage tells us you haven't yet arrived at the final destination for the Beis HaMikdash and we're going to come back to this and we're going to analyze other things that the Rambam includes in the historical unfolding of how the Beis HaMikdash was built which again we could ask what's the relevance but at this point in Hilchas Beis HaBichira the Rambam says it is a mitzvah to build a base hamikdash because it says mikdash, milochim. Whereas when it comes to hilchas milochim, and the Rambam touches again on this issue of building a base hamikdash, there he quotes a different pasuk. Yolof Rambam The Rambam learns the mitzvah to build a base hamikdash from the following pasuk, as the Rambam says. There were three mitzvahs that the Jews were obligated to fulfill; they were instructed to fulfill when they would enter Eretz Yisrael. That is to Appoint a king to rid the land of Amalek, and then Mitzvah number three, to build a base amikdash, And there he brings the Pasuk Sheneemar, Pasuk much later on in the Torah that says that you should seek a place for Hashem to dwell and come to that place, and that's how you know that there's a Beis Amigdash. So that raises a question which is well known amongst the commentators on the Rambam. Why doesn't the Rambam in Hilchas Melachim use the same pasuk that he used in Hilchas Beis Abichira? So the first attempted answer we'll find is from the Rechem Mishnah, one of the core commentators on the Rambam, who says the Rechem Mishnah argues as follows. The truth is, in context, is speaking about the temporary Mishkan in the desert. Whereas the pasuk that says you should seek a place for Hashem to dwell, look at Rashi's commentary and see that that is referring to Mishkan Shilo, which was the first more permanent structure of a base amikdash, it, uh, not yet a base HaMikdash but a, a mishkan that would lead to the base HaMikdash And then the Rech Mishnah explains then there is a logical conclusion that if it is a mitzvah to have the temporary mishkan in the desert. And there's a mitzvah to have the Mishkan in Shiloh. then it surely is a mitzvah to have the permanent Beisamikdash in Yerushalayim. Okay, so that's why, the, according to the Lech the Rambam prefers to use the pasuk LeShichnoi Sid Yeshu when telling us about the three mitzvot that apply when you go into Eretz Yisro. Ablenzei Muvan, but it's not really a comprehensive answer because Rambam is because base We already saw that in hilkas base the Rambam counts the mitzvah to build the Beis emikdash as a positive mitzvah mitzvah which means that it is a mitzvah that is applicable throughout history. So if that's the case, So if the Rambam is making a statement in Hilchas Beis HaBekhira, that throughout history we have to have a Beis HaMikdash, why would he have used the Pasuk Vasil Mikdash, which the Lechem Mishnah is saying, refers specifically to the Mishkan, which was a very specific period in history. Of a and besides that technical detail, the whole proposal of the Lechem Mishnah is difficult to understand, because, think about this, which by the very name that is attributed to those halochas, is focused on the mitzvah of the Beis HaMikdash as it applies across history, there, heavy dafka pasuk shatzibesh b'oyu hal mishkan amidbar. That's where Rashi, where the Rambam would have elected to use a pasuk that only refers to the mishkan. Why? And yet, when it comes to hilchus milochim, shikish mo'kein ha'im, which obviously as the name indicates, is primarily focused on laws of kings. Shanidem ba'henem ukeb be'mitzvus melech. So the primary focus over there is the mitzvah of how you establish a king. Then, then he brings the pasuk that is most clearly about a long term place for Hashem first in Shiloh and then in the base Hamikdash. It seems exactly upside down. Hilkos base Abichira, which is the core discussion about a base Hamikdash, should have been the place for the pasuk which is a clear pasuk about a long term base by Hashem. Okay, let's try another answer. Perhaps we could answer that when it was Hilchas Beis and the Rambam quoted the Pasuk Vasiim Migdash, that was Loike Tzivoy Al HaMishkon. He didn't read that Pasuk in that context as being specific to the Mishkan. Maybe the Rambam is saying, as various of the Midrashim common right then and there, that V'oselin Mikdash is in fact a long-term mitzvah. That doesn't only apply to the desert, but is the long-term mitzvah to consistently place, create a place for Hashem, including the Beis HaMikdash. Okay, so maybe that's what the Rambam is doing. The only problem with that is, so then use that Pasuk again in hilchis Melochim. So that's only going to put the question in the other direction. If this is a good enough pasuk, tells me that there has to be a home for Hashem throughout the ages, why then in hilchis Melachim, does the Rambam not use that pasuk and Dafka finds another? The question is an even greater question. The way that the Rambam words and presents things in Hilches Melochim implies It sounds like the Rambam is speaking the same language as the Medrash. Now, if you look in the Medrash, There, the Medrash quotes the Pasuk Vasilimigdash, as the source for the fact that there has to be a base hamikdash, not leshich noyseid Yisrael vaser sham. look at how the Medrash says it. Al shloish advarim istavi yisabich sounds exactly like the Rambam. There were three mitzvahs they were instructed to do when they entered Eretz role. Lim noyseleim melech to appoint a king, b'leiv noyseleim beis to build a base hamikdash. and zaris shalamulik to eradicate Amolek. Says the Medrash. Lim noyseleim melech. How do you know that they had to make a king? Because the pasuk tells us, same tasim alucham melech," that you have to appoint a king. Leave How do you know to build a beis hamikdash? Listen to what the medrash says: mikdash." Okay, there you have it. The Pasak from Truma, the Pasak that the Rambam only uses in Hilchus Beis Habichira and does not use in Hilchis Melachim, where he sounds like he's speaking the same language as the medrash. And how do you know that you have to eradicate a Hashem gemtim That when Hashem removes all of your of your enemies and brings you to to rest in Eretz Israel then you have to eradicate Amalek. Hare, So what's the Medrash doing? When the Medrash speaks about the three primary mitzvahs the Jews had to do when they entered Eretz Israel, what pasuk does it use for the base HaMikdash? Now, that raises a question for him, So that's a double question. Not only why does the Rambam change from him, his own view in Hilchas Beis HaBekhira, where he quoted Va'osilu Mikdash as the source to build a Beis HaMikdash, but why does he differ from the Medrash, which he appears to be quoting in Hilchas Melochim, and there again he doesn't use the Pasuk of Yosilu Mikdash, even though that's how it's presented in his source. Now the truth is, there's another question that should be added to the whole mix over here. We have analyzed two potential Pesukim as the source for the mitzvah to build the base HaMikdash. But perhaps there's another Pesuk. We actually find another explicit instruction to build the base HaMikdash. So it doesn't have the same problem as Vosin mikdash, which in context appears to only be speaking about the Mishkan. What's the pasuk? The pasuk says, there will be a place where Hashem will choose to rest his shechina. And that's where you should bring your korbonos. The Gemara of the Sifri say that that's where you find the instruction to build a base HaMikdash. Why doesn't Rambam quote this passage? It seems to be, in many other sources, the pasuk that tells us to build a Beis HaMikdash the Rambam doesn't even quote it in his Beis so again we'll turn to one of the classic commentators on the Rambam if tirades, the Kesef Mishnah Tirates the Kesef Mishnah explains as follows when the Rambam analyzes this particular pasuk the of Mishnah says that the Rambam reads it's not as an instruction because how does it say there will be a place where Hashem will rest and there you should bring your korbonos in other words the Torah is telling us that once there's a place decided by Hashem as his place then you'll bring your Karbonis over there but it's not necessarily a clear instruction that you should build that place as a home for Hashem. Now you're going to say, yeah, but the Sifri and the Gemara seem to feel that that was a pasuk that instructs us to build a base HaMikdash, says the Kesef Mishnah. That the Rambam's view would be that He would say that the Rambam's argument is that the Sifri and the Gemara only wanted to show us the order of events. That first you eradicate Amalek and then you build the base HaMikdash. But the essence of the instruction to build the base mikdash either comes from ve'osulim mikdash, or it comes from the shichne Sidyushu of ashashama, and we need to understand which of the two is actually the Ikar Because the Rambam seems to be using a bit of a strange approach. Ve'osulim mikdash is in hinoches beis HaBichira, and the shichne Sidyushu shouldn't necessarily be in the conversation at all if ve'osulim mikdash is a good enough pasuk. However, if there, however, the Kesef Mishnah's argument is not necessarily one hundred percent clear. Firstly, this explanation does not fit with the rule of how the Rambam generally teaches. That the Rambam would typically always look for the most clear and explicit explanation, even if it's not quoted in the Gemara. So that's what the Rambam should have done. He should have brought which even if the Gemara does not necessarily bring it as a proof that you have to build the base HaMikdash by the Kesef Mishnah's argument, the Rambam should have because it seems to be quite straightforward and he doesn't. But besides that, kosher, let's go with the Kesef Mishnah's argument that the Gemara only quoted that pasuk to teach us the order of events. First you eradicate malik. Then you build a Beis HaMikdash. Well, the Rambam should have included that too. It would have been valuable information for us. Seeing as he's speaking about the three mitzvahs, he should have used this pasuk to tell us the order in which the three mitzvahs have to be fulfilled. And now we're going to, before we can get to any of these answers, go back to Hilchas Beis HaBekhirah and raise a very important question. And that is, why does the Rambam give us a history lesson in his book, which is a book of law? Surely in a book of law, you stick to the laws. It's very strange. After he finishes the first halacha, then he says this. Now we touched on it briefly before. Now we'll unpack it. So he ended off halacha aleph by telling us that Torah already detailed everything about the Mishkan in the desert and it was only temporary. Then he has a surprising point. He gives us a history lesson, Mam Sheikh ba base. In the next al he says, when the Jews entered Al-Israel, he midu hamishkan be Gilgal ba'is shon she keep shiv shkovsh be shikhok that for 14 years that they conquered and settled out Hutz Israel, the Mishkan was in a place called Bolishiloi. And then they moved it to Shiloh, which was now the first more permanent structure, because they made the walls out of stone, as opposed to how the Mishkan had always been made out of wood. But they used the same roof covering of skins that had applied in the original Mishkan. Mishkan did not have a proper roof. And he tells us that it stood in that place for three hundred and sixty-nine years. And when Eli, who was the last of the Shofim, when he passed away, that Mishkan was destroyed. So then, they came to a place called Noiv and they built a Mikdash there. And very shortly afterwards, when Shmuel passed away, it was destroyed. Then they came to Given, a Mikdash, and they built a Mikdash over there as well. And then Umi Eventually from there they came to the permanent destination of the Beis HaMikdash. And then the Rambam tells us we may Sheva Shav Those two locations of Novin Givoin together lasted for a total of seventy five years. Now Navakasha, this is difficult to understand. The Rambam wrote a book of Aloch. What's the practical application in Halokha? know all of this detail. All of the locations where the Mishkan was between the desert and the base of Surely this is just an insight into history which is irrelevant in a book of Halokhas. Now, you could argue that Rambam is effectively just paraphrasing a Mishnah in Zvochim. But it's common in Mishnah to have conversations about other things outside of Halokha. It's not common in the Rambam. The Rambam focuses on Halokha. So he may well be paraphrasing a Mishnah in Zvokhim. The question remains why? And not just why does he give a history lesson. Even the Mishnah that he may be paraphrasing doesn't simply tell us a history lesson. It gives practical halachic implications to each step of the story. Gilgal, <inaudible> says the Mishnah, when they arrived in Gilgal, as they crossed the Yarden, hutra abonis then they could make private places to bring carbonis. Kachim kalim necholin chulein. They could eat the lesser degree of carbonis, carbonis that normal people, not only kohanim could eat. They could eat in these places. Bol the Novigivon, who her botmois when they came again to Noving Given, in others after Shiloy, they were again allowed private places to bring Korbanes. And even that was all just a buildup in the Mishnah to what the Mishnah eventually wants to say, which is, Then when they came to Yerushalayim, from then on, it was never allowed again to have a private place to bring Korbanes. And it was, it was never going to be released again. And Yerushalayim becomes like the permanent inheritance of the place of the Beis HaMikdash. In other words, the Mishnah doesn't simply give a history lesson, it ties it into practical halacha, which you would have thought the Rambam would do if he's already going down this road. It doesn't say a word. And the simplest reason why the Rambam would not tell us any of that information is because it's actually not relevant to halacha going forward. It is an halachic insight into history. And yes, the Rambam is going to say in the next halacha number three, that ever since the time the Beis HaMikdash was built, it is never permissible to have another place, that is the home of Hashem where you bring korbanes. Still, We still don't have to know the history of when it was on and when it was off to bring a korban on a private bomber. So therefore, So therefore, we should be very surprised on three levels, or from three perspectives, with what the Rambam has done, here Firstly, why does he have to tell us the order? First Gilgal, then Shiloi, then Noiv, then Givoi. not only does he tell us the order, Vaf why do we have to know how many years? 369 in Shiloi, 75 between Noven and Givon, 14 in Gilgal. That's definitely just pure history. And especially when you consider Gimel, even the Mishnah that did give the history lesson did not include the time frames. So we have a whole series of questions over here to ask. Why does the Rambam in Hichus Beis Abichira quote Vasili Migdash? which seems to be speaking about the Mishkan, but if it really is talking about the Beis HaMikdash, why in Hilches Melochim does he switch to another pasuk, the Sheik Nei Uvas why does he completely ignore the pasuk that says, which in some places would seem to indicate the actual instruction to build the Beis HaMikdash, and why do we have to know the whole history lesson of what happened, and for how long it took, before there was a Beis HaMikdash in Yerushalayim. So in order to understand all of this, let's ask the question, in Hilchis Melochim, which is primarily focused on the laws of a king, how you determine, choose a king, uh, appoint a king, why did he bring Gamas Mitzvahs, Binyan, Beis and Sholosh Mitzvahs? Why was that a place to revisit the halacha about building the Beis HaMikdash and saying that it's part of three mitzvahs that the Jews were given going into it? It's And you'll actually find a similar thing in Sefer HaMitzvahs which is, of course, a more summarized version of all of these mitzvahs. She beis hamikdash. That you'll notice when the Rambam discusses the mitzvah to build a beis hamikdash, and in the Rambam's words, mikdash. Again, he quotes the pasuk of osinim mikdash and says, "This is the instruction Hashem gave us that we should make a place to serve Him." Then, Hoysif immediately added adds to that veloshin sifri shows that smiths and stabis of skinisosonaret immediately quotes them. the sifri says that there were actually 3 mitzras when they entered eretz israel luminoisne melech vlivnei speis aphiru laachizav shel ha to appoint a king build the base basic and get rid of ha the Gambozene moving again. Same question. My inyan base hamitzvah so acheros aso binyan base amikdash. You're in a sefer discussing the mitzvahs I say to build a base amikdash. Why add into this that there are two other mitzvahs? It might be factual, but it's not necessarily relevant. Gam psiches dvar v'kodeshena gemarve seferi sholish mitzvahs. And now, if for whatever reason the Rambam wants to tell us that there is a mitzvah not only to build a base of Middash, but also to have a king and to eradicate Amalek, why do you have to tell me by way of introduction that there are three mitzvahs? The very next thing the Rambam is going to do is list those mitzvahs. So why do you have to first tell me the number to borrow an expression from the Gemara? Why is the number relevant to the discussion? Now we're immediately going to pick up that that's exactly the point. The number is relevant to the to the discussion that's actually going to throw light on the whole thing. Now, you might want to say, why is the number relevant? We'll look in the Gemara because the Rashi addresses it in the Gemara and says, That the Gemara wants us to know that these three mitzvahs have to be done in a particular order, and they kind of rely on each other, and that is, First you have to have the king, then you get rid of Amalek, and then you build the base Amikdash. Truth is, Rashi, by telling us that information, explains why we need to know all three. It does not explain why we need to be told that there are three of them. But Rashi has thrown light on the story. We're going to develop something that Rashi said over there and use that to explain what the Rambam wants us to know salolu, hein belushen Rashi As Rashi pointed out, these are three mitzvahs that are completely interdependent. which means sheaf Of course, they're three separate mitzvahs. The mitzvah to make a king is a mitzvah of a king, and the mitzvah to make a base amikdash is a mitzvah of a base amikdash. mokim kolachas mi prat Here's the fascinating epiphany, and this is going to change our whole understanding of what the Rambam wants us to know. It's not just that these are three domino mitzvahs. The one leads to the next, leads to the next. You have a king, then you can destroy Amalek. Once Amalek is destroyed, you can have a base Amikdash. It's more than that. It's that each of the three mitzvahs make up part of the detail of how you fulfill the other mitzvahs. Each one of them brings the other mitzvah, so each of the other two brings the third mitzvah to its completion. So, When do you really fulfill the mitzvah of having a king? The king is fully a king, and you have completed that mitzvah when you have eradicated Amalek and built a Beis HaMikdash. Up until that time, the mitzvah of appointing a king is incomplete and the same applies to the other two so what's relevant to us is that a Beis HaMikdash is yes of course it's an independent mitzvah but when is the mitzvah of building the base HaMikdash complete when you have preceded it by making a king and being rid of HaMolek not only are they completely interdependent but it must follow a particular order First, you appoint the king. Then, then you destroy a and Then, then you build the base hamikdash, and if you do it in that particular order, the base hamikdash will be a proper, healthy, complete base hamikdash. In other words, the logical way we would have looked at this is. Hashem is addressing the Jewish people and telling them, you as people, you have an obligation to fulfill these three mitzvahs, and this is the order in which you should do it. Which would imply that the order makes a difference to your fulfillment of the mitzvahs. It's not that, it's more than that. It is something that affects the nature of the mitzvah itself, not just the nature of your obligation. Mitzvah Melech, looking from the perspective of what defines a king, Yesh Tseugba Mechemes or Beis Habakhira. In order for there to be a king, there first has to be a war against Amalek and the building of a base HaMikdash. Or, in order for there to be a base HaMikdash, there first has to have been a king and the destruction of Amalek. It's not just addressing our personal responsibility, it's telling us what makes the mitzvah happen. That's why the Rambam then, Hilchus Melachim, continues by quoting the following Pesukim. But David HaMelech was sitting in his palace. And Hashem had rid him of all of his enemies. So at that point, David HaMelech turns to Nason HaNavi and he says, I'm sitting in this beautiful palace made out of cedar wood. And Hashem's Aaron is sitting in, in storage. The Rambam quotes that Pasuk not only to tell us the order, you see, he's a king and he's rid of his enemies. Now we have to look at the base amigdosh. For that, the Gemara actually used other psukim, where it says, when Hashem gets rid of your enemies, then you should build a base amigdosh rather the Rambam wants to say more than that this is now a question of David HaMelech's status as a king and the status of his victory against the, the enemies HaMelech so he's now a king sitting in his palace and the enemies are gone Now, the king has to say I need to build a base and English otherwise I'm not yet a king now we get why the Rambam quoted these three mitzvahs in the conversation around the laws of kings. And why, and say for our mitzvahs in the halocha of building a base he again brings all three of them, because these three mitzvahs are completely interdependent and interconnected. So that's really important for us to know. None of these mitzvahs can stand fully. On its own, that will help us to understand the order of the, how, how the Rambam puts the halachas in the beginning of Hilkas Beis Abichira. First, he says there's a mitzvah. The mitzvah is build a base of the because it says v'as the Then Umam Shikhi he tells us the inspires by turning Then he tells us history. There was a Mishkan. Described in the Torah and made by Moshe in the desert for a temporary period. I know. What's the Rambam actually telling us? He's telling us that the concept of building a home for Hashem was already fulfilled, albeit temporarily, but it was fulfilled fully in the time of Moshe. In other words... Now that we know that to build a beis hamikdash relies on two other mitzvahs, then in order for the beis hamikdash to truly be a beis hamikdash, first you have to have a king, and you have to be rid of a molek. Therefore, the Rambam concludes that that theme has to apply in all the states that the Beis HaMikdash was ever in, starting with the, Mikdash, with the Mishkan in the desert. meaning, even though these three mitzvahs are primarily relevant and applicable once you're in Eretz Yisrael. That's true. The three mitzvahs, in their fullness, apply when you're in Eretz Yisrael. But because the Rambam specifically chooses the Pasuk, Mikdash, to imply that that is an instruction first for the Mishkan in the desert and then It includes all of the structures that would be any form of a home for Hashem. All, including all of those that preceded the base HaMikdosh, move on from there, we understand. The Rambam is alluding to the fact that this means that at every stage that there was ever a home for Hashem, there was also some aspect of a king and some aspect of being rid of our enemies. Now, we all know that the Mishkan was never the full expression, and that would only happen in the base HaMikdash in The same logic applies to the preludes. The nature of the king and the degree of eradication of Amolek Would only reach their completion in the time that there's a base Amikdash in Yoshalaim And so we don't expect them to necessarily be to the same extent when it was the time of the Mishkan But they have to have been there and that's why the Rambam Dafka quotes the Pasuk Vasin in Migdash because he wants to show that there is a theme that runs right through from the Mishkan till the Mesam in Yoshalayim, and that is the theme of the three mitzvahs being intertwined. And he immediately explains. The Torah already described the Mishkan that Moshe built temporarily. So what's it talking about? Vaser Migdash, at face value is the Mishkan that Moshe built. Shegam boy kimos That was a great example of a Mishkan because it fulfilled all of the it ticked all the boxes. Melechoya. We know that Moshe Benu was considered a king. by bishurim melech. The Rambam himself identifies this fact. And when was the Mishkan built? After they had destroyed Amalek at that time, although it was not a full eradication. At least Yehoshua had softened or weakened Amalek. That's what the Rambam wants to say. You see, that's a template, that's how it's supposed to be. In order to have the Mishkan in the desert, there is a king, Moshe Rabbeinu. There is a war against Amalek that is successful, by Elohim Yeshua. And for Mikdash, this is going to become the way that the Beis HaMikdash has to be built until eventually it reach, reaches its ultimate state in the time of the Beis HaMikdash in Yerushalayim. Now we get why the Rambam goes into so much detail. He starts with the Mishkan in the desert and he continues. Then he says there was 14 years of a Mishkan in Gilgal why they conquered and settled there at Zisrael. So the first thing the Rambam's telling us is, look, you see, the instruction to Moshe was not limited only to the few years, 40 years, that they were in the desert, but it's actually an instruction that continued once they crossed into Eretz Yisrael. Except there were certain distinctions. Practically, the Mishkan in the desert was to be traveling, because they were going to move throughout the desert. The Mishkan that's why the Rambam tells us it is a temporary structure designed in essence to be temporary, to be portable. So therefore we can now read into the next phase of the story As long as there's a temporary state Which is they're trying to settle the land We're going to continue with a similar kind of Mishkan Until they had settled the land properly Gilgal, that Mishkan is very much like the Mishkan in the desert It's temporary, it's portable And by the way, Yeshua Yeshua is a king. So the the kind of peace that's missing over here is being rid of the enemies. Once they're rid of the enemies, then they come to Shiloh, which is a more permanent kind of Mishkan. Now they're much more settled as a nation in their homeland. Because they had already... uh, gotten rid of their enemies, conquered their enemies, and divided the land, it's important to know, now we move to the next phase, now the Mishkan should be more permanent, made out of stone, and not just a temporary portable tent that you could literally uh, remove, uh, take down, and, and, and put somewhere else, and you need to know how long it stood there, 369 years, because that helps us to reinforce the point that it is a permanent structure. It's the step up. But it's not fully permanent. But there's still movement that happens after that. Shiloh is destroyed. They go to Noiv. They go to may Givoy. And that's only a 75-year business. Meaning to say, the Rambam is telling us a chiddish. Yes, it's temporary. Yes, it's short. The Rambam says, mikdash, the imperative to build a home for Hashem also applies to Noiv and Givon, even though it was for a short period of time. And they didn't have the aron at that time because the aron had been taken by the Pelishnim. In fact, in certain places, even in Tanakh, it's referred to as a major bomber as opposed to a minor Beis mikdash. Because the Rambam's telling us a halacha. Because the mitzvahs that are relevant In order for a base HaMikdash Or for a Mokim HaMikdash to exist Those details were relevant At that point It is still considered a Mikdash But obviously Noven Given was not a complete Restful Battle-free environment Therefore we don't consider it the long term Beis and he uses the expression, "And we given bowl levei seilamim." From there, they came to the place that would be long term. That's when you had proper kings, David and 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 true peace from having really destroyed Amalek. So the Rambam's showing us that you will see the same theme carries through, no matter where it is, and no matter what period of time it is. There has to be a king. There has to be freedom from Amalek, and then you have a true Bei so, now we can understand why in Hilches Melochim, which apparently has nothing to do with the Beis HaMikdash, the Rambam speaks about all three of these mitzvahs. And while we're about it, we can also answer why the Rambam changed the Pesach to use as his source from the Osili Mikdash, which he used in Hilches Beis HaBechira, to the Sheknoi which he only uses in Hilches Melochim. And he doesn't even use the more obvious posuk that there'll be a place to bring your crop on us. Because what's the Rambam talking about in Hilchus When they enter, Israel, meaning to say they've just conquered the land. At which point, you already have all three of the factors. Even though That would only come to its greatest extent Once there's a base Amigdash in Yerushalayim so The Rambam saying First point You have a permanent structure It's no longer just a tent Second of all You're free of the ongoing battle Because they've now conquered the land And they're living in their allocated places and there is a king, Yehoshua, who was appointed alde Moishabena by zdinoy k'fishim iskemas mitves min yemelech ledeorays. They were he was appointed properly in the way that any king should be appointed to the position. As the Rambam says, there has to be the basin of 70 elders and a novi. This is completely different to how it was in the desert, where it was a temporary. The structure itself was a temporary portable structure. They were in the desert and they were consistently moving, which is the exact opposite of being at peace as if you're rid of your enemies. And... um, Although the Torah does refer to Moshe Abenu as a king, he wasn't formally appointed as a king in the framework that is required according to Halacha. So therefore he says the three mitzvahs happen when? Only when they enter Eretz Yisrael, that's when you have the Beis HaMikdash working as it should, even at the time of Mishkan Shiloi, because you have the three core factors. A properly appointed king, peace from your enemies, and then a permanent structure. And so now we can understand something that is brought in the halacha in the halacha that actually has a practical application. The Rambam tells us you're not allowed to build your home to look like the main structure of the Beis HaMikdash. You're not allowed to to make a a porch or veranda that looks like the entrance entrance Hall of the base Samikdash, or a courtyard that looks like the courtyard of the base Samikdash. Seeing as the Rambam says that all of the buildings, the Mishkan in the Midbar, Gilgal, Shiloy, Noiv, Givoin, are all considered Mikdash. All of which Fulfill to a greater or lesser extent that overall mitzvah to make a mikdash for Hashem. Ad shegam to the extent that even the even though its dimensions and its actual layout is different to the mishkan. Of course, it still reflected the main areas and the main design of the mishkan. A kodesh, a kodesh a kodesh. It means outside, a place that is accessible to ordinary people. A commercial In fact, you see in the Rambam's language that he says things about the Beis Hamikdash that dafka reflect the Mishkan. So he, when he describes the walls around the chutzir of the Beis Hamikdash, he says it's similar to the, 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 the um, materials the sort of curtains that they had to create the courtyard of the Mishkan. And he says Anything that's within those walls, which is similar to what was called the Courtyard of oil Moid, Who Hanikra Azorah, is called Azorah. In other words, the Rambam is making a very clear link between the structure and design of the Mishkan and that of the Beis HaMikdash. And therefore, that has a practical application for us. Practical Halacha take-home is that just like you may not model your house after the Beis HaMikdash, you cannot model your house after any one of the Mishkanos either. So the Rambams effectively told us an incredible insight over here that in order for the base to be as it should, it has to have all three components, king, freedom from enemies, and a structure. And then he says, that applies right across all of the structures, starting from the most temporary to the most permanent. Not only permanent in terms of structure, but in terms of the nature of the king and the degree to which our is eradicated. So all of this must, of course, teach us something in a spiritual level that we could apply in our lives. In that explanation is this. So there are three mitzvahs: king, get rid of a molek, build a base. Chassidus explains the concept of appointing a king. That relates to the concept of having a sense of awe of Hashem. As it says that the whole thing is that a king is somebody who you'll be in awe of. And in Chasidis, we explain the concept of a king is that you have a, an intense awe of Hashem to the point that that you stand with absolute submission to Hashem. So who is the king? The king is the person who lives that ideal. The king is the person who has absolute betul to Hashem, the king then runs the community so that the community will all have that degree or at least a similar degree of submission to Hashem. So appointing a king is the theme of awe of Hashem. So what does yira impact on a person? The fact that you are willing and capable of overcoming your yei is that you can have self-control, that you can overcome temptation and distractions. Then the next step of the process is It's not only good enough to subdue the negative. The goal is to eradicate the negative. To completely destroy the bad. And how do you do that? Not through war. That is achieved by the conversion of negative into positive. The best way to eradicate the negative is by turning it into something positive, making the darkness into light. Only when a person has achieved that, that you've achieved this Hapka, that you've turned things around that used to be negative and now are completely focused on the positive, then Then you can reach the supernal level of Oav Hashem, a very great degree of commitment to Hashem, which is habali and that is represented by the Beis HaMikdash. It's achieved through the Beis HaMikdash, as the Pasuk tells us, o tira'u, that in the Beis HaMikdash, you have to have a sense of Yira, a sense of awe of the place, and of course, who is manifested in that place. In order for a person to achieve this incredible level of awe of Hashem, that is specifically through the wisdom of, which is obviously achieved through learning of, Torah. And that's how it is in every generation that even in the absence of a Beis HaMikdash, currently, in the space of Halacha, you find the same experience of closeness to Hashem and therefore all of Hashem that you would have received or experienced previously in the Beis HaMikdash. So therefore we understand why the instruction about the building of the Beis HaMikdash Including even the instruction of the Mishkan Had to be given by Moshe Rabbeinu is Moshe telling the Yidin The Rambam says the, the Torah tells us specifically about the Mishkan that Moshe built Moshe is a key player in the process because we know very well from many places in Hasidus that to bring the experience of Da'as which is a personal experience of theoretical knowledge so it's not just what I know but it's actually now who I am how I see the world that is achieved uh, 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 so, sorry, that brings you to have Yira. How does a person have Yira? It's got to be real. If the experience, if the knowledge is real, then the Yira is real. That Da'as is achieved through Moshe Abeinu. As we know very famously, the Gemara quotes the Pasuk that says The Pasuk says, what does Hashem want from you? Only to fear Hashem. And says, the Gemara, that doesn't make any sense. Is Yira an easy, minor thing that it says, that's all that Hashem asks from you? When Big Mora, the Gemara answers very famously in. Yes, for Makhshinon it's a minor thing. In other words, what's it telling us? Moshe Rabbeinu is the person who helps us that we can get to Yirah. That's why the initiation of the principle of a king, which is the first degree of, of Hashem, and then the concept of building a home for Hashem, which is the primary experience of fear of Hashem. Those both had to be instituted through Moshe Arbeinu because Moshe is the conduit for us to access such Yesei More than that, As we so well know, the purpose of the base is not that Hashem should be manifest in a place, but within us. Within every single Jew, that means that every one of us can and therefore is required to make ourselves into a place where Hashem is manifest how do you have the ability to turn yourself into a place a home for Hashem because there's a Moshe dimension of your soul Okay, the Rebbe explains on that Gemara about, you know, is Yireh a minor thing? That actually, it's easy for every one of us to access fear of Hashem, because Hashem says, What's Hashem asking of you? Why you? Because you have a Moshe Rabbeinu element within yourself. But on the other hand, as much as every one of us has to become a Mishkan and a Mishkan, and as much as there were certain periods in history where there was a Mishkan, the ultimate experience was in the Beis HaMikdash. As we well know, David Amelech is the epitome of what it is to be a king and that will eventually lead to the ultimate ultimate state of being a king if when there will be the future king Moshiach who will take the role of, of David Amalek and fulfill it with the same dedication. And he'll encourage and not just encourage but almost like compel every one of us to follow the ways of the Torah with strength. And he will fight the wars of Hashem. That's destroying Amalek, right? And then he'll build the base Amikdash. Now you got the ultimate king, the ultimate destruction of Amalek. Obviously you have the ultimate base of Amalek. That will be the complete, the ultimate state of king. It's the ultimate eradication of Be Hashem Sholem Sholem, as we know very well, it says that only once amalek is destroyed, then HaShem's name becomes complete again, and HaShem's throne becomes complete again, which means, that there's a true and clear manifestation of HaShem's rule, which causes us to have the ultimate which causes us to have the ultimate which is an everlasting eternal place of divine experience and revelation. And that shall all happen should happen with the coming of Moshiach right now.